When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sanspants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we are once again going to share some scaredy stories. How are we feeling, boys? How are we feeling about this? I feel like, fuck you, everybody who emailed in. <laughs> but also thanks, because we asked for it, and we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we did. We did ask We for brought it. this on ourselves, but yeah. Yeah. I hate these, because I watch a scary movie, and there are credits at the end. Mm. No credits. Mm. No credits, mm. boys. No, and we seem like we... I mean, we often record at night, but normally we're not, I don't know, as spooked, because we're, it's after the fact. We're talking about a movie that did spook us, yeah. rather than getting spooked in the moment. So there is an extra element to these ones. Yep, definitely. Well, should I dive right in? Yeah, yeah. should I dive right in? Yep. This is our third one. We should be. We're pretty used to these at this point, right? No, we're not. The last one had some absolutely <laughs> fucked shit in it. Some real cookers. Yeah. Yeah. Was the first one or the lo- no, last one had the fucking haunted cinema. Oh, yeah, that was cinema. fucked. Yeah, that was fucked. I've barely been back to the cinema since. <laughs> it hasn't been for any other reason, like COVID or anything. It's because of that. Haunted cinemas. Don't ruin our safe space. Come on. All right. Well, let's dive in. So our first story comes from Carl. It's actually like a, it's almost a collection of stories because Carl has led a fairly haunted life, right? Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry, Carl. <laughs> Don't unburden your ghosts on us, though. Please find someone else. <laughs> well, we're about to. Keep them in your own egg, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil our eggs. So Carl says he's loving the show. That's great. And that he's writing to us from the UK. And he also says he's mixed race, which is important due to some of the cultural beliefs that will feature in some of his stories. So he's part Bangladeshi and part English and Scottish. So it starts with his dad, who's Indian and has lived in the UK since he was seven and was brought over by Carl's grandma, who was the head consultant in one of the UK's largest psychiatric hospitals. <sighs> oh, no. Yeah. That's the dream job right there. No, no. The dream, the dream job is being the night watchman when that building is condemned. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Mirrors. Worst time of my life. Uh, so from a young age, Carl's dad said that he had been seeing sort of otherworldly things around him, like just little things, movements in the corner of his eyes, sort of long, dark shadows, uh, standing in the corners of well-lit rooms. And so he actually has a couple of stories for us. Some of these stories come from Carl's dad as much as Carl. So the first is this story of a house that Carl's biological mum lived in when she and Carl's dad were first dating. And the house was this old Victorian style mansion built around the 1800s that had been bad. Bad house. Bad house. Been around for too long. Yep. And now they convert it into these living spaces, like these apartments. So you're no. shoving it full of people. 
No right. good. Fire will take care of that. <laughs> so Carl's dad, obviously being a bit sensitive to these sorts of things, had never liked staying in this house. But there was one night where it was basically too late for him to drive back to his own apartment, so he stayed the night. And it was about one in the morning when Carl's dad woke to see a figure sitting in the chair beside the bed. No. Fuck off. Yeah. I don't want no Victorian boys or children. Please, sir. Shut up, Tom. Mr. Branson <laughs> killed me. He buried me under the stable. <laughs> so, Carl's dad, apart from waking up and seeing this figure, he, all, he tried to sit up, but he actually found himself pinned to the bed. Oh, no. And then he tried to shout, but... Just a whisper was the only thing that was able to sort of escape his oh, mouth. Jesus Christ. And so Carl's dad, with like little option left, started to like blink rapidly, hoping that, yeah, maybe this was sleep. And then to his horror, the figure rose from the chair and slowly started to move towards him, standing next to him. No. So Carl's dad is like breathing heavily at this time. He's getting obviously quite anxious. And this heavy, intense breathing woke up Carl's mum, who looked around and saw the figure next to his dad and started yelling. Fuck. Yeah. What happened to the figure? Well, the figure ignored her and then started to bend over towards the dad. No! And so that's when the mother no! panicked and just sort of like started shouting his name sort of out of fear and worry over him. And that seemed to be the thing to break the spell because when she did, the weight on Carl's dad was lifted and the figure just vanished. It was gone. Oh, I hate that so much. Oh. I hate that. I hate that because at first you're like, "Oh, that's just sleep paralysis. He's having a nightmare, bit of a sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. No worries. Sure. I mean, not no worries. But awful, yeah. Rash- but rational, uh, understandable. The second, the minute a second party experiences it, hate it. Yeah, it's like the crawling man. Yeah, exactly. It's the right. crawling man all over again. Yeah. So there is a history to this house, oh. which is that it was had once served as a halfway house for young women. And that part of its history included this matron who looked after the women and who despised men. And if there any men were caught on the property, well, she would deal with them. Fucking hell. No. The matron was checking. She was in there. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. But I kind of love it because then even like the mum yelling out his name, like there's a recognition there that the that she's like the man is wanted, I guess, in this situation. Like maybe that's the rules of this one. Mm. How do you how do you reason with a ghost? Like I'm married. <laughs> right. I don't care. I'm a ghost. Yeah. I'm literally a tortured soul bound to earth. Mm. Your wedding ring don't mean shit. Sorry, Damo. <laughs> That's all uh, right. I know you have one. Um, you're, you're happily married. Yeah. It's not going to help you against a ghost. Though. No, well, like, luckily the house I live in has never had a matron who hated med, so I'm all right for now. We'll see. That you know of. That I know so, of. Well, uh, I guess that yeah. is true. <laughs> so then we flash forward a few years, because this is only story one of Carl's dad and his haunted life. Great. <sighs> so Carl's dad and his biological mum bought this place on the outskirts of London. So Carl is born, and from day dot, weird things start happening around him. When he was about six months old, his dad and his biological mum had to go off to this conference, and so this close friend agreed to babysit him. The parents were very grateful, left for the conference, and returned about four hours later around 9pm. And to their horror, they saw the front door was hanging open. They rushed into the house, worried that the worst had happened, and found their friend sitting on the bottom of the stairs, wide-eyed. And it kind of took him a second to register them and, and recognize their presence. And when he did, he stood up, said, like, thank God you're home, and immediately just tried to get out the door. <sighs> now, Carl's dad asked what had happened because it was obviously clear that something had happened. The Fred said he would only explain if they could stand outside. Oh. And it was winter. It was freezing. But the friend was adamant because now there was nothing he wanted more than just to be outside of this house. So Carl's dad agreed but said, well, he wanted to check on Carl first. And so... Both Carl's dad and his mum went upstairs to find Carl fast asleep, dummy in mouth, peaceful. 
And so when they both went outside, the friend began telling them about how he had put Carl down to sleep at around 7 p.m. He'd taken the baby monitor downstairs. This is a, quite an old school one, uh, sort of just a radio one, obviously no, no video or anything like that on it. <sighs> and monitors. about 10 minutes later, he heard baby Carl stirring and mumbling, and so he went upstairs to find him fast asleep. Cool, he goes back downstairs, only to then hear Carl stirring again a few minutes later. But this time the mumbling sounded like talking, and the friend swore he could hear actual words. And obviously Carl is a baby. It's, he's not speaking. So his thought process was that there's someone else in the room with him. And so he ran upstairs again to find Carl, peaceful, dummy in mouth, fast asleep. So he left the room back downstairs. Five minutes later, he now hears footsteps above him. Again, sprints upstairs, Carl's still sleeping, but that's when the baby monitor started to speak. And it was at this point the friend also said he felt a presence in the room pushing him from the room. Didn't want him in there. I'm going to cry. This is awful. So that's when he decides, well... Carl's obviously okay, left the room, sat on the stairs, and that's where Carl's parents found him hours later. So he didn't he didn't catch what the words were? No, Carl hasn't included in his email. If the friend caught them, no, we don't have them, unfortunately. Okay. I'm just a friendly ghost checking on the baby, not doing anything <laughs> evil, is what I suspect. Okay, great. And hope. Yeah. And hope in my heart. Because you put it in song. It's okay now. I feel fine. What a banger. Yeah. It's a real bagger. <laughs> Just a friendly ghost checking on a kid. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, was the front door wide open, yeah. did you say? The friend had done that because he just needed the escape route to get out of the house. He wanted to know that he could leave in case the presence found him downstairs. I would be too afraid to do that because I'd be afraid. I would probably lock the front door or okay. leave the house, leave the kid. I don't know. <laughs> burn the house down? But probably burn it down, yeah. Right. And if you, if you, I guess if you're physically able to carry the kid out, then you do that too. I think this guy's never babysitting again. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. This, not. I, I would like to know if this guy ever had kids. I would think not. Right. I, I reckon though that the issue with this is my issue is this, not he's never babysitting again because he's scared. Shit, babysitter, <laughs> right? Was prepared to leave yeah. if the presence came and found. Grab the baby. No, no, Tom. <laughs> Grab Tom, your friend's Tom, kid. Tom, put yourself in his shoes, mate. I am. I don't know if you I'm are. A, my brother is having a kid. Yeah. Had a kid, you know. Mm. I'm an uncle. It's different if you're related. This guy's just a friend. How good are, How good friends are they? I bet you in that moment he remembered this guy borrowed my vacuum cleaner. Never gave it back. He probably thought <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth dying. I will leave his kid to the devil because yep. he didn't give me my vacuum cleaner back. Yep. <laughs> Shit, I have never let. Do I have anything of yours that I need oh, to return, Sean? Sean? You need to let me know God. now because if you're no, no, you guys are fine. <laughs> yeah. You guys are okay, safe. Good, good. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to think if you know we were. If I was looking after yep. Charlie, yep. your yep. kid, dog, <laughs> that I would take Charlie. Very with me. good. I respect you for that. I'm worried you wouldn't take either of my cats. Uh yeah. Fuck. Uh, cats are pretty like resourceful. They could probably take care of themselves, though, right? Just push game to shove. I think Damo's rabbit's in trouble, just quietly. That little black faced idiot. He's, he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost wouldn't waste their time on him. <laughs> so then we move forward about a month. Oh. And um, we've still got a few more Carl stories. So Carl's biological mum. <laughs> Carl, you son of a bitch. <laughs> is on her own with baby Carl. Uh, and he actually was quite ill as a child. And he had eczema, it was one of the sort of problems that he had as a kid and so he needed to wear these like little baby mittens so he wouldn't scratch himself which had these like little you'd tie them up with these bows so anyway his mum comes in to check on him and sees that he's shaken off these mittens so she's like oh well i might as well give him a bottle rushes downstairs to get a bottle um, but when she comes back upstairs carl's lying there with the mittens back on perfectly tied fuck okay 
The next one comes in Carl's three. Jesus. Maybe it's not an evil thing. Maybe it's protecting him. I, uh, great question. So, well, here's, here is a more positive one because for this one, his parents were having like this, a bit of a party. They had some friends around and they're all outside. And Carl's dad spotted this three-year-old Carl at the bottom of the garden talking to someone. So when Carl makes his way back up to the garden, dad asks, who were you talking to? And apparently Carl replies, oh, this nice old lady and her son. Dad doesn't really think much of it. He's three years old. Three-year-olds say weird shit all the time. And so he returns from the party. And it's not until a little while later that Carl's dad receives a call from his auntie, who's over in Bangladesh. And she had just met with her local shaman. And she'd gone there specifically because she was worried about Carl, because he had been an ill child. And the shaman told Carl's auntie not to worry about his health, because his grandma and her unborn son were watching over him. That is... Oh, my God. Why? Why? Why would we do this show? Maybe they knew. Maybe no, no. I'm on. I think it's a benevolent ghost, yeah. and I think that it was annoyed because it knew the friend was being petty about the fucking vacuum cleaner. It was like this friend's no That's, good. Yeah, this friend can't babysit my great grandson. Yeah, yeah, my grandson. No yeah. way. My kids. No, not in my family. I will protect this kid with my also ghost child. Lesson there is always lend your friends everything. Everything that you own. <laughs> happily share it. Right. And the grandma's always watching. Like, even the putting the mittens back on Carl, that is a protective act. That's something a grandmother would do. Damn straight, those hands were cold. Yeah, and he's got, he might scratch himself. He don't want to scratch that extra. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, we've got one more Carl story, uh, and unfortunately, it does start fairly tragically. So, Carl's uh, mum died when he was 13. She actually took her own life. And Carl says it was very unexpected. It really shocked the family. And that Carl's dad has since remarried, and he, he now views his dad's new wife as his mum too, hence the reason he kept referring to, to his biological mum as his biological mum. Yep. Now, it took about three weeks for Carl's mum to be buried, and part of the reason for that was because there needed to be an investigation into her death. Mysterious death, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to make sure nothing sort of nefarious had happened. And it was about a week before the burial where Carl had this very vivid dream and it was of his mum, unsurprisingly, and she was standing at the bottom of, her, of his bed in this white gown. She had this ribbon tied around her wrist and a book in her hand and she looked at him and she smiled and then he woke up. So quite a nice kind of dream about his mum. Yeah. And then a week later it's the funeral, but before that they have the wake where, of course, you can see the body one last time and Carl's mum was dressed in white with a ribbon around her wrist and a book of poems in her hand. Did he know that's what she would be looking like? I assume I assume not. I assume the details are that I saw what my mum looked like before I yeah. saw what my mum looked like. Wow. Yeah. That's how I read it. Yeah. I feel like he's got good ghosts. I feel like Carl's I feel like Carl's dad, bad ghosts. Yeah. But yeah. Carl, good ghosts. I agree. So you hold on to the if you're gonna have if you're gonna be haunted, mm. Carl, good that you are haunted by Family member ghosts right. who seem to care about your well-being. Yeah, I think Carl's got the shine. Yeah, yeah. but he like the good. He's not seeing creepy bathtub. Ghosts. Nah, he's got the good. He's 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 a good boy. One. It's just his grandmama, you know, looking out for him, and now yeah. mum, biological mum, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's those are the stories from Carl's life. He's obviously got hopefully got a long, happy, haunted life ahead of him. <laughs> where yeah. no doubt there'll be some more stories. Yeah. From Carl Keep us if when when more ghost things happen, Carl. Let us know if if they do. Carl. No, no, no. When? It's a, it's a when at this it's point. It's a when. Sean, at this point, it's a when. Yeah, okay. Don't be ridiculous. No. Good on you, Carl. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. So, our next story comes from Atom. Uh, and he says he's a big fan, which is awesome. He's also easily spooked at video games and movies. So, basically, a big old scary boy, just yeah. like us. What was that name? Sorry. Atom. A-T-O-M. As in Adam, Adam Bomb. Oh, I thought you said that. And then I'm like, is, is Damo... 
Is Damo not know how to say the name Adam? Is, uh, <laughs> are we learning that Damo has a speech impediment, but just for one name? For one very specific name, yeah. yeah no, that's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. So, Adam's story takes place about a year ago, and it was late at night, it was getting close to midnight, and he was talking to some friends on the phone. Now, he had the window open, and he wants to set the scene of what that night was like, and I want to use his words because he's actually written them quite wonderfully. Here's what he wrote. The air was still stagnant even, but filled with apprehension, like the night was holding its breath. The sky was overcast with the moon struggling to peek out from behind the clouds. There was enough silvery light to see by, but even just across the street, everything was lost in silhouettes. Cheers. Bad night to be outside. Bad night to have a window open. Yeah. Adam, you're bringing this on yourself. Well described, though. Well done, Adam. That was a nice little nice little snippet of writing. Yeah, when's your book coming out? <laughs> so while he's looking at this scene, perhaps writing these words in his head, he spies this humanoid figure staring intently at him from behind his gate. Did he use the word humanoid? Mm. He did. Mm. That is yuck. That's the wrong word. Yeah, it's either a man or it's a cat. I will hear nothing <laughs> else. None of this humanoid thing. Well, Adam, to his own admission, a reckless act, and arguably might say that he's not a scaredy boy, runs out after. Oh, and this figure starts running too, and so he actually cave chase even. And so this figure went around the corner of the front of his garage with Adam not far behind. But when he rounded the corner. No one was there. It was as though the figure had just vanished. Now, his friends were on the phone with him the whole time. Uh, and he says, well, of course, they lack first-hand accounts of the event. They can at least attest to hearing his reactions throughout this entire encounter. Now, Adam also says that, of course, there are, there are only a few expa- explanations that make sense to him. The first was that it was a trick of the light. He actually imagined the whole thing. The second, that it was somebody but just a regular person who was watching him and then somehow evaded him incredibly quickly. And the last being that whatever it was that was watching him was no mere flesh and blood creature, but instead an incorporeal entity that faded before he could confront it. Fuck hell. Now, Adam also says that while he leans towards either of the former explanations as the more plausible, he says it would be a lie to say that he he had wholly exercised the latter from these thoughts entirely. You need to exercise your garage, is he what it to- sounds like, big fella. <laughs> yeah, don't be exercising thoughts. Fuck. <sighs> I don't know. I would not... I honestly... I, I know in my heart I'm not going to... Chase. Chase. Oh, no. But, like, do I know that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I was in a haunted house. I wouldn't chase. Yeah, I like this is the tricky thing with, like, seeing something like that. You're like, me closing the curtains and ignoring it, is that only making it worse? Is that then going, oh, great, I've, I'll just enter the house next? Like, oh, demo. What's, what's the right Jesus tactic, Christ. you know? Probably, like, I wouldn't chase, but I would probably call out. Right, yeah. Maybe take a photo. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. Oi! Yeah. Oi, mate. Humanoid. And then it, it it suddenly grows impossibly tall until its head is oh. touching the trees and it crawls towards you. Is that? Oh, did yeah. you have to say crawl? Did you mm-hmm. have to say crawl? I did. Oh. I did. Every Gross. ghost is just either good or crawling man. There's no... <laughs> There's no yeah. in between. It's sweet grandmama or crawling man. <laughs> the, the use of the word humanoid immediately puts me on edge. Me too. Yes, because it's it's like human, but not yes. human. Because cause there, was, it, there wasn't enough... He is not confident enough to be like, what I am looking at is Dennis from down the road. <laughs> right, yeah. Fucking Dennis, drunk again, <laughs> standing at my gate. He's just got the wrong house. He doesn't know where he is. Yeah. God, you hope that's all oh. it is. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Thank you, Adam. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so our next one comes from uh, Justin, who comes from Spooky Stockdale in Canada. He says that he wants to say thanks for the pod. You're very, very welcome. And that he just started re- recently listening because he too is a scary boy who hates watching scary movies but loves hearing about them. Uh, and that his favorite episodes of our shows are these ones where we read spooky stories from our listeners. And These are not our favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so because he likes these episodes so much, he actually has one for us and he says it's a doozy. Fuck. Justin calls it... The Night of the Wailing Woman. Oh, get fucked, Justin. <laughs> Fuck. Don't give it a name. Oh, the name is bad. Oh. It's not a great name. I, I, I kind of knew we were going to get that reaction because that was my reaction when I read it. It's suddenly gotten a lot colder. So, oh, Justin starts by telling us he's lived in the same house all his life. He, it's, it's a very quiet little village. As I said, it was called Stockdale, middle of nowhere in Canada. And, of course, the nights are rather dark. Uh, he says that they didn't even have any street lights until he was a teenager. And even to this day, they have about two. Oh. And so he goes on to say his house is not particularly spooky, but when he tells people what he lives next to, then they can get a bit creeped out. And that's Fuck. because across the road from them is the local cemetery. Why? Right. No, I love it. Great. Fantastic. Brilliant. He says it's so close that you can see it very clearly from their front door. It's basically their view is the cemetery. Oh, my God. That is... He also says it's a very old cemetery. Some of the oldest tombstones date back to the mid-1800s and that those are just the ones they can still read. Some might be older, but because they're so worn down, they don't actually know. (sighs) So many old ghosts. Like, I... How would you not invest in more streetlights? Yeah, that that is fucked. I'd have 30... Out the front of my house alone. Right. I would not be able to sleep because I think it's the daytime constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like it's Canada, like it's up north, like they, their winters must have some long nights. Oh, no. So, well, Justin actually says that um, he's seen this cemetery every single day of his life. So, it, it generally just doesn't really make him that uncomfortable or creeped out. That is until this one particular night. Oh, no, no, no. The night of the wailing woman. <sighs> Fuck off. So, Justin... <laughs> Much like his dad is a night owl and so has no problem staying up until crazy hours of the morning. And so at the time of this story, he was a teenager, probably around 14 or 15. And he remembers it being a particularly cool summer night. So that they had all the windows open in the house and that around their house, the nights are sometimes eerily quiet because no one really goes out after dark. Mostly because of the wildlife. They've actually got coyotes, wolves, and sometimes even the odd bear that sort of comes, can come through the village. Anyway, so it was around 2am and his dad and him were up together watching some TV in the living room. His older brother and his mum had already gone to bed. 
and it was during a quiet part of the show they were watching that he thought he heard something coming from outside. Don't go outside. It's Justin. So he took a moment and he focused, but he didn't hear anything, so he just went back to watching TV. But then he heard it again. And Justin says that the aforementioned wildlife, there are times when they can actually get loud out in the middle of the night. So he's kind of thinking maybe this is just some coyotes or wolves howling. Maybe they've caught something. They're, they're just happy about it. But it wasn't until the third time that he knew it wasn't just some animal. He says he immediately muted the TV. Dad asked what's up and Justin quietly asked him, do you hear that? Oh, fuck. Hear what? His dad replies. And so they waited in silence for a moment listening together. And then they heard it. Oh, second person confirmation. Oh. My least favorite fucking thing in the world. I had, I had, and so the sound at that point was becoming pretty clear that it was someone wailing and screaming out in the darkness. So they both jump up from their seats. Dad runs to the nearest window and Justin runs to the front door, just trying to figure out exactly where this is coming from. You can guess where it's coming from. Yeah, probably not next door. Probably across the road in the fucking 9,000-year-old graveyard. <laughs> oh, move houses. Don't live there. Don't live there. Yeah, but yeah, good guess, Tom. You got it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so Justin went, he just he stood outside, just on the little stoop outside their house, and he now he could hear it clear as day. And he says it was a woman screaming, wailing, crying over in the cemetery, and that she was close, very close. But it was so dark that he couldn't see or hear or make out anything at all about her. All he could hear was the woman crying and wailing, and then she paused and yelled, Why? Why? Why did you have to go? Fuck this shit. I would never recover from this. Uh, I'm never going to recover from hearing this. <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah. Mm. I hope it's just a regular woman who is having... Good. She was, she's doing a play. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Very good. She was, she's a really good actor. Rehearsals. She's practicing. Mm. Yeah. She's doing rehearsing. And She's method actor, so she's in the actual cemetery. Yeah. She's cracked a grave open. She's jumped in. But she's method. She's method. She's method. Yeah. Proceed, Damo. I've got some bad news for you, boys. Fuck you. Oh, fuck. They don't do any plays in the town of Stockdale. <laughs> it's like the town from Footloose, but plays are illegal. <laughs> So next what they actually hear is just silence. He says it was so quiet you could hear a pin drop. Now, he wants to reiterate they are very close to the cemetery. So often, even if people are just walking around, they can hear it. And that it's totally fenced off. And then, in fact, the only way in and out is through the front gate, which is right at the end of their driveway. (laughs) Great. So his dad joins him and they wait a few minutes just listening in this dark silence. But they couldn't hear or see anyone. And, of course, no one came in or out of the gate. So the wailing woman just had stopped abruptly and that was it. And that that was literally it. They were pretty spooked and they never able to figure out exactly where she had come from, where she was, where she went. And it's been 15 years since then uh, and he has never seen her, never heard her again. But on the cool summer nights when all the windows are open, he does still wonder to himself, will he hear the wailing woman tonight? That's fucked, man. That is just <sighs> not... Nah. Yeah. Move. You, you can move. Can I just peel back the curtain of this show for a minute? Mm. Um, before we started recording, Sean and I asked Damo, are there any cookers? And he was like, nah. <laughs> and um, he's full of shit. <laughs> you piece of shit. You're a big fucking dog, Rob. I just got to lower the guard. Look, I've re- I read these fresh, all right? I often get the email and I'm like, do I want to read this right now? Do I want to like delay the inevitable torture that he's reading these emails? So I kind of want you guys to be in the same boat. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate it. I hope I hope to never hear the wailing woman tonight. 
Oh, as soon as you've named your ghost, I'm sorry, you've got to move. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. It wouldn't yeah. help. She'll follow you. Well, yeah, you've named her now. She's yeah. probably named. She's given you a cute little nickname too. Maybe who knows? She'll. Oh, it's regular yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Were you guys ready for another one? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, this one comes from Woody, uh, another fellow scaredy boy who struggles with horror movies and who has listened. He listened to our scaredy stories one episode, uh, which made him think of this scaredy story that he had uh, from when he was a young scaredy boy. So when he starts by saying that this happened when he was about five and at that age, he used to have a bit of trouble sleeping. And this was due to the fact that he would often see shadow people that would enter the hallway and he would watch them at the end of the hallway and they would either turn right and head into his room or they'd go left and head toward his brother's room. He says they wouldn't appear every night, but he would still see them fairly regularly. And there was never just one. There would often be many of them. And when one vanished, another would come into his room after it. So Woody gives a bit of a description. He says the best description he can give is that they were tall, thin people with no real distinct features. They were really just kind of like shadows. Kind of like the Slender Man, but completely black without a suit. I don't like it. No. No, I don't like it either. And he sa- it gets worse because he says they would walk towards him and when they would reach the head of his bed, they would reach out their hands towards his head, <sighs> but they would vanish just before touching him. That's just torture. Yeah. And so Woody says they never they never actually attacked him, but he always felt like they were malevolent, but they and like they wanted to hurt him. They oh. just seemed unable to. There was this like barrier almost. Yep. I like that. Just protected by his mother's love. <laughs> Did you just drop a Harry Potter on us, Sean? <laughs> Can we talk about just very quickly how ineffectual Voldemort is as a killer? Oh, he's a piece yeah, of shit. Right? He's yeah. like, I'm going to do a spell. Throw the kid out the window. <laughs> right, mate. He's a baby. They're as soft as butter. He's a yeah. gun. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the pillow over his face. Set the house on fire. What a dipshit. Right? He's a show-off. He goes for, like, the most murdery spell he can think of. Yeah, he is so flamboyant. It's true. Someone pointed out in a thing that old mate Dumbledore lived for, like, hundreds of years. Mm. No soul splitting. Mm-hmm. Um, old Snake Nose split his soul a million times. Lived for, like, 30 years. Eh. Useless. Yeah. Useless. Both cunts. Both big cunts. Both, right. yeah. yeah. Agree. Was that a nice little diversion? Did you forget about Woody's story for a sec? Yep, yeah. We better not yep. be going back to Woody's story. Yeah. Uh, we are. Uh, so oh, great. he sees this figure for a couple of years, but never really mentions it to anyone. It's just like, I don't know if you had this as kids. I know I did. There were sort of things that happened that you just, you kind of don't think to tell other people about almost. Oh, it's just No, like, I know exactly where this is going, Damo, and I hate it. Yep. We're about to get a second person confirmation, aren't we? We are, because he gets older and he just kind of assumed it was imagination until one day when his family is sitting around the dinner table and his brother starts telling his mum about these shadow people he would see at night coming into his room. Oh, fuck me. So again, Woody hadn't mentioned them to anyone, which included his brother, and then, of course, the way his brother described them was looking and doing the exact same thing that he would see at night. So after this, the appearances become more regular, with more of them entering his room. He says they would now go on either side of the bed, so they were surrounding him. However, they still vanished before they could touch him. Now, he says he's not really sure when they stopped appearing, but eventually they did, and he hasn't actually seen them for years now. And when he recently asked his brother about it, he said the same thing. So that's his story. He says to this day he still can't fully explain it and that he can't fully write it off either, of course, because the brother, because his brother saw them too. So he wants Second to write it off. Second confirmation! Yeah. So, yeah, that's what his uh, story. That is fucked. Mm. I hate it. Yeah. Move. If if my if I have kids and they ever come to me and say this thing happened, yeah, I would just move. Burn the house down. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, burn the house down. Go bankrupt. Better than being nearly touched by fucking shadows. Or call Patty Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Yeah, sort that shit out. Yep. Take care of it. Because uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, to imagine this little kid just telling, oh, by the way, for years I've been tortured every night by these shadow people. That that's, is awful. That's very fucked. Yeah. That's yuck. That's genuinely yuck. I hope you're doing okay, Woody. Yeah, I hope your brother's all right too. Yeah, yeah. If you do ever see them again, um, keep it to yourself. No, you let yeah. us know. You let us know. <laughs> So, next one comes from Chris. It's a nice, short, sharp one from Chris. He writes, G'day, fellow scaredy boys. Hope you're all doing well and loving life. That's a short one. <laughs> that's a short one. He's just a nice, pleasant, just uh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> oh, that's it. Well done, mate. <laughs> so, Chris, is it until recently? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> You fucked us. <laughs> so, until recently, he lived in a remote area of Outback Australia. And he says the nights uh, were beautiful. There's so many stars, a full moon. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Pilbara region of What did you call it? What did you say? Pilbara? Not quite. <laughs> the Pilliga. Oh, Pilliga. <laughs> Pilliga. Where's Pilbara? The Pilbara is a region though, right? I don't know, mate. Is it a wine? I think it's wine country. Oh, I love wine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go there we'll instead. Right. <laughs> so now he's out in he's out in Outback Australia. I think the Pilliga was in New South Wales. Um, That's correct. Yep. So anyway, so he's out on one of these beautiful nights, uh, full moon. Him and a bunch of others are sitting around a fire swapping ghost stories. And he shares one of his dad's old stories, which was that when he was a teen and was out shooting rabbits with his brother, Chris's dad hit one and then went to get it. And it was, again, another great moonlit night. And so he just didn't worry about a torch. But when he got out to the rabbit, he heard the sounds of bones being crunched and spotted something wombat-shaped but much bigger eating the carcass. Ugh. Now, one of the guys around the fire was a First Nations person. He got a good laugh from this story. He was sort of saying, white boys scaring themselves with guns. That's not a story. That got the rest of the group laughing until Chris shared Bongo's story about the pillager. Oh, fuck. And after he finished, there was this quiet until the same old bloke said, don't go there. We've tried to warn them. Oh. And that pretty much ended their night there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I didn't like that one. That gave me some shivers and reiterated my determination to never go to the pillager. Well, I mean, we have to. But Sean, um... did you not... Did you not just hear this story? Yeah, wow. Pilbara is in Western Australia. It is cool, let's go get some wine then. I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, no, it's just desert. Uh, <laughs> don't promise me wine instead of ghosts. They'd give you desert. <laughs> Fuck. That's, you know, nah. I hate all mention of the fucking Pilbara. Yeah. The princess. Again, this, this, this feels like this is the theme for the night. This is a second voice saying the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's not good. Too much confirmations. Well, we got one more for us, guys. Is it a Paddington fan fiction? <laughs> oh, mate, I wish. Is it? Is it anyone just telling a wonderful story about three best friends having a really good <laughs> hug <laughs> on a wine tour in the in yeah. the Pilbara? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, this one comes from uh, someone we've heard from before, and it is a it's a bit different. Uh, it actually gave me an idea for a new type of bonus episode. I thought we could do, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. I'll tell the story for first. So. This comes from Darius, Darius of the Haunted Panda. Oh, oh yes. yeah, nah, Panda. Mm. Yep. So, update. He says, yep. they're all fine. No more occurrences. All good. Oh, that's great. Good, Darius. But in our last Scary Stories episode, we talked about the UK being fucked because all its long, horrible history. So, that kind of made him think, well, I want to do a quick bit of research into his own small hometown. And he can confirm that they are well and truly cooked. Things are not good in the UK. Move. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there, yeah. Darius. Yeah. yeah. So, here's what he found. Uh, so Darius grew up in a small south coast city called Waterlooville. It was founded as a permanent settlement after the Duke of Wellington stationed his troops there before the Battle of Waterloo, hence the name. However, it was being used to house troops for literal millennia as the Romans even had a barracks in the northeast corner of this region. Anyway, the city is lined on the south side by five mighty red brick military forts. And these forts were critical in the Napoleonic Wars. 
used to train troops, position enormous anti-sea artillery, and most spookily used to interrogate prisoners of war. Ah. <sighs> so was a catch. So already his little hometown's getting a bit spooky. Uh and he says, these days, these forts have a very different pers- purpose. One's a museum, one's an equestrian center, one is just a ruin, one is a youth activity center, and the last is still used by the military. Now, the activity center is Fort Purbrook, a stone's throw away from Darius's family home, and it has apparently had reams and reams of reported ghost sightings. This is what he found through his research, <sighs> which makes sense because it's got a big, long, rich, horrible history. Now, Darius says he's actually been to several birthday parties at this fort (laughs) and even learnt archery there with his best friend, but he had never heard anything during these times. But he spoke to his friend that he did the archery with about these ghosts in the fort to see if he remembered anything weird. And his friend laughed and said, no, well, at least not at the fort. There's more haunted shit in the town. Is that what you're about to drop on us? It ain't a great town. And again, like Darius was sort of mostly, he kind of obviously knew some of it, but it was the research that kind of ticked it off and made him realize how bad it was. Add it to the list. Places we will never go. (laughs) (laughs) So Darius says his friend isn't a mountain for exaggeration or prey to an overactive imagination. In fact, he currently works for the government and because of that, he can't actually say his name. So we're going to call him Jay. Boris Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) He's the prime minister. (laughs) We figured it out. Got him. So Darius says Jay is actually an extremely talented nuclear engineer, is a man of reason and science, and that before he launched into his story, he actually asked his younger sister, who we'll call Al, to join the Zoom call. Now, when she was on, Jay said, Darius wants to know about Hulbert Road, and her face dropped. So Hulbert Road joins the neighbourhood of Purbrook, where Jay, Al, and Darius grew up, and where Darius still lives. He says it's a pretty bog-standard road. There's nothing really that special about it. Where it isn't lined with houses or branching off into other streets, there's a small thicket of trees. Hulbert Road, Darius says, is just a road. It's a road he's been down dozens of times, if not hundreds. Now, Al used to work weekends at a bookshop in Havant, the next town over, and after Jay passed his driving test, he used to ferry her around everywhere. So Al was working late one weekend, having uh, helping with the stock take, and so Jay went to pick her up at around one in the morning. And on the way back, both Al and Jay swear that they hit a woman who ran from the trees. She'd apparently run into the road with her hand up as if hailing a lift. So Jay slammed on the brakes but didn't stop in time, and according to Al, who was more focused on the woman than the car, said that the car passed right through her. No! Fuck. And she said that she no! looked... No! <laughs> she said that she looked back as the car skidded and saw the woman vanish. No. Nah. And what's more, Al distinctly remembers the dated clothes and suede knapsack she carried fade into the streetlight orange glow. Oh. Story doesn't end there, though, because Jay and Al obviously stop the car. They, they look around. They're shouting for this woman to see if she was her. The car, completely unscathed. The tyres were a little worse for wear due to the clean, even skid mark on the road, but otherwise fine. So Al continues to shout, which causes someone in a house nearby to open their window and shout down to them to see if they're okay. Jay sort of gestures at the car, to the trees, and say that they hit something. This homeowner, calm as anything, says, Oh, is that all? Oh, she's long dead, my loves. Wouldn't worry about that. Go home. Don't even worry about telling your parents. And shuts the window. Jesus Christ. So, they didn't tell their parents. They didn't tell Darius until after this chat. And Darius says a quick Google found other accounts of a 70s hitchhiker killed on that stretch of road. I hate it. I just hate it. I just hate... I hate it. Yeah. I know ghosts are real. And then every day I'm bombarded with more ghosts. Mm. I'm drowning in them. <laughs> so Darius uh, also said that he did a bit more Googling. He also found there was more tales of like this abandoned flat not far from him with a rich history of multiple suicides and poltergeist activity. 
So Darius also asks uh, if there's any room left in Oz because he thinks he might need to get out of there, uh, which, yes, there's friggin' tons. Are you kidding? Um, no, nah, I'm not letting him in. <laughs> Too close to ghosts. He's going to bring a ghost <laughs> Right, definitely will. How do I check if he's got a ghost in him? There's a lot of properties in the Pilliga region. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darius, just head up there, bud. Hmm. So, but however, all this did make me think of a new bonus idea that I mentioned before, which I'm going to call Hometown Tales. Nice. And it's this. If anyone out there is listening who has... Some sweet, spooky stories from the hometown, some urban legends, stories from a friend, that sort of thing. We want to hear about it. You don't even have to have a personal connection to the story. It doesn't matter how far back it goes. If there's some creepy story from your area, send them on through. Or don't. Like, if you feel like you don't want to. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, we're so excited for them. <laughs> I'm also going to die as soon as I receive these emails. We're going to have to oh, hire someone to bless our inbox. Hey, that's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, because like I've got it. Look, it's a it's a well organized inbox. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty organized dude, but it's the spookiest inbox I've it's ever seen. Guys. Yeah, that I've never thought of that. That's a real yeah. haunted inbox. Yep. Gonna need a spam folder for all them guys. <laughs> well, like we get a lot of spam. I will say that. I think because our email's out there, we get hit with a lot of spam. And often I don't want to look at it in case, like, there has to be a story of someone being hit with some ghosts disguising themselves as spam or something like that. (laughs) There is some horrible entity who's just waiting for you to click yes to the millions of dollars from Africa when really you're going to get possessed. That's the actual Oh, no. Uh, I'd like to do this hometown tales, though. This is good. I wonder if if any of our hometowns have got some good ghost stories in them. It did make me think that. So, I'm obviously... Well, Sean and I both came from the country. You obviously came from G-Town. I think we might do a bit of research. Fuck. Uh, That might be the first hometown (sighs) tales. Fucking hell. So, look, I'll, I'll close this out there. That's obviously more than enough spooks. But I will say, yes, for any listeners... If you've got a cool hometown tale, please do email them to us under the subject line hometown tales uh, at three scared boys at, e- at gmail.com. Or if you just have your own scaredy story, send them on through as well. Um, again, just have the heading scaredy story or something to that effect. And again, that's three scared boys at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at scaredy boys or individually. I'm at midday pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm an awkward trade. I'm going to go off and have a little cry. What about you, boys? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was going to eat dinner, but now I've lost my. Appetite and will to live. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Always great, always great. Love doing the show with you, boys. Yep. Really, really love it. Always a pleasure. Worst idea in the world, this show. Yep. <laughs> Stay scared, everyone. Please, sir, Mr. Grantham killed me. He buried me under the stable. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.